What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sporthouse. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. We have a ton to talk about today, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. The University of South Carolina lost to the Texas A&M Aggies with a final score of 30-6. to It's just been a bad season for the Gamecocks, clearly at the University of South Carolina. When it rains, it pours. It started off bad, and the pouring thing is not the weather report, in case you didn't watch the game. It was not with the weather. It's just saying that it's a bad, it's a bad year for the Gamecocks. Let's just leave it like that. Brian Edwards, I knew right away that it was not going to be a good game whenever the guy who has been providing South Carolina just about all their offense, especially receiving, and who the fans were told by Muschamp that would be ready to go for this week and was actually kind of told, like he said in like a confident way. It wasn't like maybe. It was like, yeah, he's definitely playing. He'll be ready to go. Anyway, he was in street clothes right before the game, ruled out which I think is really starting to mess with the fans because they feel like they're being lied to because in Best Champs press conference, he always says that the guy would be ready to go and that he never is. And so it's like you really don't know it's a game day. Like whenever – or if you're checking Twitter throughout, you get some speculation. But, yep, so Brian Edwards didn't play. There goes most offense. Helensky didn't register that 200 yards passing, which is what I always think is very important for the win, the 200-yard passing, 100-yard receiver, and 100-yard running back. Very important. You get those three, most of the time you don't turn the ball over too much, you'll win. The leading rusher in this game was for South Carolina was Rico Dado, who had a whopping seven carries for 12 yards. Was this lets you know how bad of a game this for South Carolina? He had 13. He had a one carry for 13 yards on the first play of the game. So he finished with seven carries for 12 yards. That means he's had a lot of negatives to average that thing out. Just bad on the run. Just bad for the rushing game. I don't know. As offensive line, I'm shocked. Like I'm the offensive lines take pride in their rushers rushing for 100 yards. So the fact that their leading rusher at 12 yards wouldn't want to be in that offensive line room uh, when they're watching film. The second leading rusher, however, was punter Joseph Charlton. Yep, you heard that correct. The second leading rusher was the punter. He had an extremely heads-up play. Um, the South Carolina, not the offensive line because the punting unit, but they let the AM defender straight through the middle so he could go and block the punt. It almost was like, come get him, come get our punter. But anyway, Charlton had a heads-up play, kind of did a little step-back action, and uh, when they got the first down, huge play by him. Also, that could have been hazardous, though, if he would have gotten tackled before he got to that first down, because that would have put AM in really good field position. But nonetheless, he gets the name in the he gets his name in the rushing column this week, so that's exciting for him. Really, probably the bright spot of the game. The leading receiver didn't have didn't not only did he not have a hundred yards, he didn't have fifty yards. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Markwood was the leading receiver. But like I said, if, if, I, if I'm saying that to win the game, you need to have your leading receiver it should probably be somewhere near 100, hopefully over 100, and their leading receiver didn't even have 50, it, it's just bad. I don't know what the offensive game plan was, but clearly it did not. It wasn't effective. T.J. Brunson was ejected early, and then, as, as we most of us know, T.J. Brunson, middle linebacker six, was ejected early in the game for targeting. Gamecock fans are lucky it wasn't in the second half because it would have been in the second half. Then he'd be out for the first half of the Clemson game, and obviously you're going to need TJ for that one. I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be targeting because he, while he led with his helmet, he didn't hit the other guy with his helmet. He didn't hit the other guy on his helmet, the A&M offensive player. But I saw the flag come out, and I knew immediately, yeah, that was the cause. I, I just didn't look at the rule books or whatever. I wasn't 100% sure. Now I know. So he was kicked out the game, which kind of sucks for him because that was his last away game as a Gamecock, and he was kicked out in the first half. A lot of South Carolina fans were also very upset with kicking the field goal at the end as if they were trying to play conservative. It's like when you're down 30-3 to on the road and have been pretty much embarrassed on national TV, you want to at least go for the touchdown. I digress. 
One of the bright, the few bright spots for the Gamecocks was Dakarion Joyner, who came in through a nice passing 25 yards to Adkins, and Adkins got nailed. But anyway, nice pass, because most of the time when Dakarion comes in, it's a run play. So to see him throw the football and to be effective, it was actually nice to see before he eventually he was taken out the game after he got knocked out by one of the AM defenders. Now, to switch gears, we got to talk about from the a and perspective. Kellen Mond had a pretty decent game. He went 20 for 33 for 221 yards. He's that did my 200-yard philosophy. He did it in one touchdown. And their leading rusher was Isaiah Spiller, who took the – well, he had the most carries. He had 24 carries for 129 yards. He reminded me a lot of C.J. Spiller, especially with the number 28. I know Clemson really well. But, yeah, we're going to move off of that. To where go to the update. Speaking of Clemson, who won 52 to three to Wake Forest. Wake Forest did not really get off the bus for this one. Trevor Lawrence went 21 for 27 for 272 yards and four touchdowns. They had 11 guys catch a pass, which means that well, usually that happens whenever you get your second team and third team and fourth team and all the walk ones get in the game. But really, really great for Clemson to get that win. In preparation, two weeks here to play South Carolina. That game will be at noon because South Carolina's had such a bad season, they're not even going to fit that game in the night slot. So that game will be early and it'll be done before, before 4 o'clock. So you can catch the uh, Auburn-Alabama game or, what other, or whatever other rivalry games you enjoy watching. We're going to go to the Big 12, and then we'll come back to the SEC. But uh, in the Big 12, Baylor lost to Oklahoma with the final score of 34-31. to 31. Baylor was up 31-10 to 10 at the half, but Jalen Hurts brought, brought his army, and they came back. Jalen Hurts ended this game going 30 for 42 for 297 yards and four touchdowns and one interception and a lost fumble. These two teams will play each other again in the Big 12 championship championship game at Cowboy Stadium. This just about kicked Baylor out of the yeah, it, it kicked him out. You can go ahead and say it. Baylor out of the playoff race because they were already getting a little respect with being undefeated. Now you lose, you're you're out. I'm really hoping Oklahoma will claim that fourth spot in the college football playoff after Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU. I want to see what Jalen Hurt does leading his guys for the quest for the title. They would have had the one conference. How could I say this? See, the only loss they had was Kansas State. And so it's like, you know, I feel like everybody – no, actually, I can't say it's for everybody. I just want to see them. Let's just say, go with it. I just want to see Oklahoma in this playoff. See, hopefully they get to play. Um, As long as they – I feel like them versus Clemson would be a good matchup. So we're going to see what happens with that. C.D. Lamb, who is up for the Blintikoff Award for the best receiver in the country, went through warm-ups but was ruled out for the game. Now, back to the South where you had Auburn versus Georgia. This is called the Deep South's oldest rival. That's the rival name. These two teams first, let's give you a little history lesson. These two teams first played in 1892. Uh, imagine how different times were back then. Anyway, well, Auburn won with a final score of 10-0. This year's, uh, this year's game, Georgia showed up at Jordan-Hare, which is the Auburn Stadium, and won with a final score of 21-14. If Auburn wins this game, they have a small chance of still having a shot at the playoff because they would have beaten the top five Georgia. They beat Oregon early in the year. And because they would they would they play in the Iron Bowl, they would then have Alabama on their resume. So they would have beaten Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon. So that, so even with two losses, they've had a really tough schedule. But that doesn't even matter because they lost the game. With Georgia winning, they move up to number four in the AP poll, being Atlanta to play LSU in the SEC championship game. 
DeAndre Swift, which is a Georgia running back, has 17 carries for 106 yards, which is what you need from a SEC back to win a SEC road game. And Georgia was up 21 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter, but Auburn stormed back, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter and almost tying it up. It was almost, they almost made some, remember the way they used to call that Auburn magic that happened about two years ago. I think Nick Marshall was quarterback two or three years ago, but they weren't able to cook it all up, so they lost. Georgia this year has cruised to an SEC title game like never before. Like they have really, literally been on cruise control and things are just working in their favor. They actually have a good chance to make it to the playoffs. All they have to do, which is not an easy task, is beat LSU in uh, in Atlanta. That LSU offense is, has been really just just doing numbers. So if I'm sure Kirby will be smart, it's already some either he is or his graduate assistants are already kind of coming up with a plan to how to stop Joe Burrow and that LSU offense. We'll talk about them later. But Kirby Smart is a defensive-minded head coach, so if there's a guy that can come up with a plan to beat Joe Burrow and those LSU Tigers, it's him. Alabama beat Mississippi State, and so, you know, roll tide, all the fans are cheering. But in the in the grand scheme, they really took a major loss. Tua, who had just had surgery on his eye, on a high ankle sprain, was tackled by two defenders, dislocated his hip, and fractured his posterior wall. That's medical stuff. You're gonna have to Google that. Anyway, his season is over, but he has, but he had the surgery in Houston. Alabama's team orthopedic surgeon has already noted that the procedure went as planned. Um, the prognosis was excellent. They expect him to make a full recovery. So, unfortunately, that means he has played his last game in the crimson and white. But uh, hopefully, has a speed rec- he has a speedy recovery and goes to the draft. Probably, probably still get drafted in the first round because Trent Dilfer, a lot of the other guys who study. NFL. I mean, study quarterbacks say he's one of the best prospects they've ever seen. So, and I mean, while he's been Alabama, he's shown nothing but great things besides losing to Clemson and the blowout. But he was injured, so you have to give him that. We're going to stay in the South where LSU hung 58 on Ole Miss, which is what we expected. Joe Burrow went 32 for 42 for 489 yards and five touchdowns. It seems like LSU literally be playing seven on seven, like with the scores, with the amount that they score. And uh, Joe Burrow's receiving yard, I mean, throwing yards, was what do they call that? It was called throwing yards. But, yeah, it's like they're playing 7-7 with no opposition. Some are concerned, though, with that LSU defense being that, for example, they gave up 212 yards on the ground from one player and four touchdowns, and then another back had 141 yards on the ground. So LSU defense has to improve because they don't want to get into a shootout with a team like Ohio State, I would think, because Ohio, the difference between Ohio State and a lot of these teams that they've been playing is – that Ohio State has an elite pass rush in Chase Young, who who creates a lot of issues, and he'll be back by that. Well, he'll be back next week. But, yeah, so you don't want to get into a shootout with a team like that that has a really good defense because you might mess around and lose. But we're going to go ahead and go to the Big Ten, where Michigan beat Michigan State with the final score of 44-10. Shea Patterson had a heck of a day going 24 for 33 for 384 yards and four touchdowns. Before this game, Michigan had really struggled beating their rivals in the years past, being Michigan State and Ohio State. So the fact that they got this win was big for Harborough. Now he could be like, look, I'm out here winning. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't say it like that. But I'm out here beating our rivals, which is something that's very important in Michigan. Also, Minnesota was in a really good position to control their destiny after beating Penn State but couldn't handle the uh couldn't handle, they used to use this term with Clemson, couldn't handle being the hunted instead of doing the hunting like they usually are in years past. And so they lost to the 19th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, if I'm not mistaken. 
Now, we're going to stay in the Big Ten where Ohio State uh, Ohio State will play Penn State next week. This week's this is going to be one of this week's biggest games. I really hate that it's not a night game, but some people say there's a rule like in the Big Ten to where they can't have night game, too many night games because of how cold temperatures are. I'm pretty sure that's something that was of the past, maybe back in the 80s. But got to do. I'll look more into that and come back with y'all more information for that next week. Anyway, that's gonna be a huge game. Ohio State, Penn State. That game is in Ohio. Big time players make big time plays and big time games is what they say. So there's another chance for Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and Chase Young to show. You know, the big time players. So it showed uh, the country some more big time players, I guess you could say. Get the people what they want. Chase Young will be back this week after suffering the, after having the two game suspension. So he'll be back. So I'm sure he'll have three, four sacks. I don't know though. Penn State probably have a little bit better of an offensive line. So we're going to see how that happens. I'm hoping Ohio State wins. I do not want to see Ohio State lose into the college football playoff. And I actually wouldn't mind for the first time if Ohio State won the championship. So. Let's see if they'll, they'll be able to take care of that tall task. Now, I think I spoke on a couple times before, college football playoff. In a perfect world, I like to see Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Most believe uh, Alabama will get that fourth spot, being that Oklahoma spot. But I'm really hoping not. I only want to see Alabama uh, in the playoff if Tua was going to be playing, especially since they already have a loss and they won't, be, and they won't even be playing in the SEC championship game. So I need for that to happen. I need for Oklahoma to go in there. I want to see what Jalen Hurts can do with this team. He's obviously been driven this year to get to this playoff, besides that Kansas State game, because if you watch that game, it's like you're really driven until the fourth quarter. But we'll see what happens with that. Now, about this Ohio State, as much as I've been like talking positive about them, they have a really tough road ahead to make it to the Nah, not even national championship, the college football playoff. They still have to play Penn State, Michigan, who's been on the roll here as lately, probably Minnesota in the Big Ten championships. Uh, so that's not an easy schedule. Like it's really like their workload is really just getting started. Meanwhile, Clemson just has to beat South Carolina, probably Virginia, Virginia Tech, and they see championship games. So it's like those two different teams who have plans to go to college football playoff. But that just shows how different the paths are. So. Hopefully, they'll be able to make it there. And, I mean, even LSU still has to beat Georgia, with, like I said, with Kirby Smart. So, we're going to see what happens with that. We're going to get off of college football and head to the NFL. I was so looking forward to that Ravens-Texans game. This would be a great one. I was at the one whenever Lamar Jackson played Deshaun Watson at Clemson, Louisville versus Clemson. I was there, so I thought this one would be just like that, close game. I preferred Deshaun Watson, so that he would, I thought he was going to you know, come out on top. Well, that did not happen. The final score was 41-7 uh, in the Ravens' favor. Lamar went 17 for 24 for 200. 222 yards passing and four touchdowns. Baltimore had 491 yards of offense. Meanwhile, Houston only had 232 yards of offense. And Deshaun Watson only had 169 yards of passing. Deshaun was sacked five times in the first half, and that's never a good recipe. They need to hit free. The Texans have got to hit free agency hard next offseason and bring in on offensive line because otherwise Deshaun is not going to be able to play too long just because of the hits, the amount of hits he has to take. Also, the Houston has Houston's defensive backs are kind of like the Eagles' defense backs last season. They're all hurt. They recently brought in Vernon Hargraves III, who was a standout corner at Florida. 
but was cut by the Buccaneers. I think the coach didn't like him because he felt like he took – not he didn't take plays off, but, like, there was sometimes he could get effort plays, like go make that tackle. But he's like, yeah, somebody else got it. So they cut him. But anyway, the uh, Texans – Picked him up, but he didn't make the trip. I'm assuming that he hadn't caught up to this defensive scheme yet, but I'm sure he'll be back. He'll be on the roster, the active 53-man next week. Baltimore, you have to love their offense. Although I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan, what Baltimore does is Lamar Jackson gets that ball out quick to the guys in space, and not even, we're not even talking like 20 yards down the field. Like a lot of times, it's like right around the line of scrimmage. He's hitting the running backs, which is the check downs, or hitting the tight ends. Or the uh, Sneed, I've heard Sneed's name a lot, and he's a receiver. But he's, he's hit them like five yards away from the line of scrimmage, and they're just making plays in open field. And then obviously Lamar can run the ball like a running back or a receiver, whatever you want to say, like an extremely good athlete, great athlete. So it, it was just, I, I've seen them cater that offense around Lamar, and it is definitely working for them. I think they only have two losses on the season. Still don't understand how they own, one of their only losses was to the Browns, but Nonetheless, really good job by the Ravens and Deshaun Watson will probably be feeling the effects of this game today. We're gonna go to the Falcons, who had previously who had previously only had two wins on the season, beat the Panthers with a final score of 29 to 3. And the three points that were scored were in the fourth quarter by the Panthers. Calvin Ridley had an excellent game with eight receptions for 143 yards and one touchdown. So a heck of a day by him. Christian McCaffrey showed up yet again with 70 yards on the ground and 121 yards receiving. He's really having a heck of a year. A lot of people didn't know what McCaffrey was going to be like heading out of Stanford, but he has really showed up in the NFL. And one can say he's having just as good of a career in the NFL as he was in college, which is rare. The Cowboys, everybody's favorite, was America's team. They beat the Lions with the final score of 45-37. to Zeke didn't have his best game, only rushing for 45 yards on 16 carries. Meanwhile, Dak had 444 yards and three touchdowns. He's getting that large – fact of the matter is he's getting that large contract that he wants next season for sure – well, this offseason for sure. I'm just surprised he doesn't go ahead and get a contract now for long-term security in case of injury because a lot of quarterbacks here are getting pretty beaten up. I mean, ask anybody. Mason Rudolph just got early in the season almost, I think, pretty sure went unconscious during the game. And then uh, this past weekend, well, this past Thursday, was hit with a helmet. So if I was Dak, I'd be going in and get the guarantee money. But I guess he's going to hold off and show them what he's worth, so therefore they'll pay him accordingly. Uh, also, Matthew Stafford. This game was quarterback. The Lions was, had Jeff Driscoll, who's a Florida former Florida Gator. Uh, Matthew Stafford is going to be out six weeks with a back injury. He's trying to come back and push the timeline, but uh, back injury, you only get one back. Uh, hopefully he decides to settle down there, and uh, maybe his wife will talk to him, and they'll get that squared away. But uh, we're going to keep going in the NFL where the Irmo native, Irmo native, Irmo South Carolina, and Bengals current wide receiver Alden Tate looked to have suffered a major injury against the Raiders where he looked like he wasn't moving and was carted off the field. Luckily, he gave us a thumbs up. So everybody's like, okay, the guy's going to be all right. But it was definitely a scare. You hate to see injuries like this because he was already going down, but the DB, I guess, just wanted to kind of secure it and they hit him behind the head. And so the guy folded like an Alden Tate folded kind of down like a chair, like helmets to knees to give you a visual. So we're going to monitor that, and I'll give you more info on the Twitter page whenever I have more information about that. But it definitely did not look good. On a much brighter note, though, however, Westwood alumni Vincent Smith, who went to Westwood High School in Blythewood, then went to Limestone College and was with the Texans before getting picked up by the New York Jets. He's a wide receiver. 
anyway, he is under consideration for the up for voting, I guess you could say, for the Pro Bowl as a return specialist. So make sure you go vote for him on the Pro Bowl voting site. I'll post that also on the Twitter account. So it's great to see South Carolina guys doing it big. Uh, Vincent Smith, I mean, not Vincent Smith, but Farrell Cooper got this not too long ago. So hopefully Vincent Smith can secure the bag there. Also, Debo Samuel, the South Carolina grad, was who was picked up by the 49ers in the second round, had his second consecutive 100-yard game, registering eight catches for 134 yards as the 49ers beat the Cardinals. Now we're going to do this road. Only a couple of things left. Uh, player to watch in the NFL. If you are not on the bandwagon already, it's Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. I'm telling you this now. So if you play fantasy, go ahead and pick him up. Next season, prepare to pick him up. He's huge. He's 6'4", 216, but he looks like 225. He's like a Julio Jones, but I think Julio Jones is a lot more like, like Julio Jones almost looks like a tight end to an extent. Cortland Sutton still looks like a receiver here. But anyway, he's all that, all that, all that frame. I first heard about him at SMU and he was playing college ball there. He turned head and he was turning heads there and now he's turned out to be a great pro. Watch out for him. He's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with as he continues to get more experience in the league. He had five catches for 113 yards in the Broncos lost to the Vikings. So I'm telling you now, if you if you play fantasy football, if you have not already, go ahead and draft Cortland Sutton. If you if it's too late for this season, next season, get him. He's going to be great. I think he'll be one of the, like, you know how we kind of view A.J. Green as one of the top receivers these days. I think that like four or five years, that's where we're going to view Cortland Sutton. But last but definitely not least, we have to talk about the Colin Kaepernick workout because it's been discussed all over the sports world, so I couldn't avoid it. I definitely understand. I'm kind of torn here. I definitely understand Colin not wanting to sign the waiver the NFL wanted him to sign because it seems as if they were basically saying once you sign this, obviously the health liability. And also you can't really sue. They did it really smooth and basically saying we're giving you the opportunity so you can't sue us in court for not giving you a job. But, nah, he still wants to be able to do that if if he deems that necessary. Also, they didn't want the media to be allowed in his workout. And he was like, no, I want transparency, which is a good idea. Because it's like, I don't want y'all to leak information out saying that uh, he doesn't look the same. I want the media to be able to see uh, how, I, how I perform nowadays. Not to mention, like, because what ended up happening was you had a Atlanta station, Atlanta or Georgia, one of the two, a new station live streamed it, so we all got to see it. And so now we all can be like, you know, he looks he looks like a quarterback of the NFL now. But if you take that out, the NFL can control the narrative and say anything they want. But he wasn't going for that. Also, they said he wanted to be able to bring a private filming crew, and that was, like, one of the main things. And the NFL said no. Because the, the NFL workout was going to be at the Panthers, not the Panthers, the Falcons, practice facility but they they couldn't agree on it so Colin decided to have his own at one of the Georgia high schools nice facility not great facility but just an outdoor football field so he had went out there eight teams showed up the Eagles the Chiefs the Jets the Redskins the 49ers the Lions and the Titans after the workout Colin told some of the scouts tell your owner stop being scared I don't think that he's going to make a get-on team. Definitely not this year. If you don't watch it, go watch the movie Ballers. It kind of tells you, especially this last season, it kind of shows you how NFL owners think and their mindsets. They don't like being told what to do. They really don't like it. Like, they kind of like it where it's like the players come to them 
like not the opposite way of the players like knowing their rights and stuff like that. They don't really like that too much. And that is definitely like wrong at all means. But just in this situation, how Colin handled it, he gave him something. They gave him a date or a time to be there and he was like, no, nah, I'm doing my own thing. They don't like that. So although I wish that some team would sign him and some of these teams could really use him, really use him. But they're I don't think they're gonna sign him anytime soon. He might have I don't think he might play anymore in the NFL at all, period, but we're going to see what happens. It's all speculation, but I definitely understand Colin's point, not signing that waiver and just having his own workout so he could be transparent so people could see whatever he's the – how people can see – get my words here confused. People can see that he can still play in the NFL, and the only thing that's holding him out is these owners, and they're denying him a chance to play. But, yeah, so all of that, whole lot of this and that going – a whole lot of this and that going on in college football, NFL football, other news – so thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up on the Twitter account, Matt Sporthouse, or any topics that you want to discuss. Oh, well, I guess it's a podcast. It's not really discussed. You me just offer my opinion on it. But uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.